The Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House, located in the heart of lower downtown Denver at 18th and Winecoop. That's Winecoop with a K, right next to Coors Field and a lot of other uh, sports establishments. Why don't you head on down there, uh, have yourself a steak, uh, maybe belly up to the bar and have a nice craft beer. Or maybe a roast beef au jus. You know how we do. Go to the Denver Chop House. They love you. We love you. They love us. Now enjoy the show. Let's say we love us. <laughs> From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to the Carlisle Sports Guys podcast. I, of course, am myself. With me, as always, Ross Hipster's Glasses. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, where the West lives on and on and on and on. And making his way all the way down here from Thornton, the king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? And uh, nice to be here once again at Jake's Food and Spirits, 3800 Walnut, where we are enjoying a very nice two-for-Tuesday on the uh, the old beers. When uh, I am enjoying a nice cutthroat porter as we speak. I've got a, myself a Titan, Titan, Titan IPA. IPA. I've been gassing down Coors Light. Coors Light. I don't know why he's been doing that. <laughs> they have that. Because I'm American, Jeff. Yes. That's why. Don't forget, we're at the eponymous Jake's. Eponymous, yes, that's right. And and with us, Nate, who uh, we have a very special We've got Jake guest himself, that we're very, yeah we're Jake very Feinstein. familiar with here. Yeah, he is Jake in the house. Feinstein, the uh, the uh, negligent, Jake. derelict, and absent <laughs> Colorado sports guy <laughs> contributor. Yes, yes. Oh, it's fine. It's uh, it's the way it goes. But uh, yeah, so we got Andy here with Andy Feinstein with it, aka Jake. Um, well, but here I have her on after from the, on the podcast. We'll be I referring do have, to I do have a compliment to pay to uh, the big stiff himself. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of bars in this fair city, and this is beer country, right? That don't know how to pour a proper beer. But you come to Jake's and you get a nicely poured beer. You go to Coors Field, it's named after a beer. You can't get a good beer there. You come to Jake's, it's pretty good. I got to say, nice head on the beer. Well, the, the key is, is, that, is that they use the proper, I don't know what you guys use. But they don't use that like astringent stuff to clean the glasses with that they use at most places where as soon as they pour the beer into it, just like the head disappears and you just have this oily substance in there. Well, it's urine. We, we use it's it. We, urine. We, <laughs> you don't use urine. Yeah, we, we use a, uh, can you hear urine. me? We use a brand new glass every time. That's the key. And that's why we don't make any money here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the non for nonprofit. You can visit it at jakesfindspirits.org. They actually, on the they, website. They actually hired a guy that's out back breaking all the old well, guys. Thanks, <laughs> I saw thanks, that guy. Uh, and thanks to the Affordable Care Law, most restaurants are nonprofits now, but that's a different. <laughs> whoa, that's a different, whoa, whoa. That's, what we, call it, that's what we call an inside joke, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. An inside joke. That was for Russell Ray if he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy joined us tonight. He's uh, fresh in his CrossFit gear. Andy's still doing the CrossFit, huh? Yeah, trying to get in there three to four days a week just to keep up with you, Nate, but uh, it's hard. I heard, and this is interesting, if you rearrange the, the letters in the word CrossFit, it'll actually spell Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you guys heard about it? It's true. It's a faction. <laughs> is that why we're there, to expunge our thieves <laughs> the week goes on? I don't know. You tell me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in it. <laughs> it's definitely a cult, but I, what I will say is, uh, is uh, it's... Uh, 
it's, it's, it really fits well with what I think has become our ADD nation. You know, you're in there for an hour. It's different every day. You don't have to really think about what you're doing. You're getting yelled at, and you're in and out an hour. So that's wow. why I like it. The you're looking good. Of, you're looking brother. good. Thanks. Have you gotten Wad hurt at is all? treating you well. Uh, I have not gotten hurt. I got hurt one time. I, uh, I was doing a, uh, a power clean, and the bar slipped off my hand, and there, was no, there were no uh, weights on the side of it. It landed on the top of my foot, and, I, Ow. and that hurt. I couldn't uh, run or do box jumps or jump ropes or anything for about three weeks. But I'm, other than that, I'm fine. This is that's, just from, me being a, that's just me being a klutz. This is coming from someone who, what did you do, Terry ACL? Or? Playing basketball, I tore my yeah. ACL. So that's why I do this, because I tore my ACL seven years ago, and... Uh, and I realized, still haven't forgiven it. I know. And I realized that <laughs> basketball is not an old man's game. And I, I can't go down, just like you guys can't go yeah, down. And the yeah. rehab that goes into it was so crippling, plus the expense, um, that I decided I need, <clears throat> I need to supplement it with something. And CrossFit's been a good supplement, but the problem is I'm, I am the absolutely the worst person at it uh, in the gym. <laughs> He's still meant for people of all levels, yeah, my true. understanding. Yeah. You still play hoops at all? No, but I'm th- here's what I'm thinking. I turned 39... This fall, 40 next fall, I'm thinking of joining a 40 and up league in uh, 2015, making a comeback. Nice. So you can be the youngest guy on the court. Smart. Yeah. I did get a. I got a. <laughs> I like the way you think I did post about my pickup basketball game, and, and Ross here had, had posted on my Facebook page about some kind of fall basketball yeah. league. Dude, Wednesday nights. Well, Let's do it. Dude, yeah. I don't work Wednesdays. That's perfect. I got four, in. including you, I got four guys. Dude, I know at least eight guys that will play. Yeah, and I, I know you only show up like once every five weeks, so yeah. we need like hey. 16. My fat ass used to be a point guard as, as the in junior high school. I could probably still manage to do the chest pass. The chest pass is <laughs> good. You know, you could do a chest pass, <laughs> bounce pass, too. <laughs> yes. I, I, no, I don't know if I could do that. Dude, is that a Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> music you were just trying to do? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't very good. Anyways. We, we improvise here at... CSG. Let's break into some of those well-known Ross Martin headlines. Already? This week, we have a special sponsor for headlines. Headlines are brought to you by the month of August. Yes, the month of August. It's time for a lot of things. It's time for back to school. It's time to dig out that Bronco jersey that you threw behind the couch last February after you strangled your wife with it. (laughs) But counseling is going great. Counseling. I was there. I couldn't strangle anybody. <laughs> Counseling is going great, and this August you're putting it all behind you because August in Colorado is a <laughs> beautiful time. It's time for sweet, sweet Olathe corn and juicy, juicy Palisade peaches. But most importantly, August means it's time. It's that time of year for Denver Stiff's campaign to convert. This August, <laughs> this August the cause is homosexuality. At Denver Stiff's, this August is Gay Agenda Month. Oh, yeah. All month. <laughs> First headline in the series by one Jeffrey Morton. Why Michael Sam and Jason Collins matter. Good article. Those guys, those guys gay? I think, I, think this was a, I think it was very well written. And so far, the conversion numbers we're seeing are pretty good. I know it's early, but it's very promising. We haven't seen conversion numbers this high since 1995 when Jeff Morton's profile of Roscoe Svetkovich converted nearly 84% (laughs) of readers from American to Yugoslavian. Great job, Jeff. Great job. So, yeah, Michael Sam and Jason Collins, huh? They matter. Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) 
It's part of the agenda. Um. <laughs> so it's nice to see you breaking out of your Yugoslav conversion <laughs> well, agenda I'm, and now moving into the gay conversion. Well, I, I keep up with the times, Ross. <laughs> and right now, gay's big. <laughs> so I went with the gay thing. <laughs> okay. And gay is big. <laughs> I, I did listen to a Joe Rogan podcast recently with Dom Herrera. What Dom Herrera said, he wishes he was gay just so he could come out of the closet. It's <laughs> so popular. There's big did, money in it. Well, they, There's listen, big money in it. I'm a hipster gay, so I came out of the closet before it was cool. <laughs> uh, back when people still got mad at you. And you back, back when I was absolutely terrified of, my, of what my mother would say before she said, yeah, I know, and dismissed me with a wave of the hand. So Yeah, you've had enough. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, it was an interesting article that... Uh, has a myriad of interesting sports takes from various commenters on it. Well, so. I, I think. By the way, Tony Dungy. Yeah, Tony a, Dungy is a fucking asshole. Can I say <laughs> that on the podcast? Yes, you can. He was an asshole about <laughs> gay marriage when uh, it was on the ballot. Where in uh, the state of Indiana? Yes, Missouri. Yeah. Um, he's uh, living in a time warp, and I don't know how uh, they justify him even being on television. Oh, and by the way, by the way, you know what he's really an asshole for? Turning four Super Bowls into one for Peyton Manning. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Peyton you know, Manning had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Dungy. Now, is, with regards, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about him saying that Michael Sam would have been a uh, distraction. A distraction. But that in itself is not an incorrect statement, am I right? Right. I mean, Jeff, Michael Sam could potentially be a distraction. Well, now, yeah. the question is, is that a reason not to draft a guy? I mean, there's already, well, there's, no, I mean, there's already a, documentary, a documentary being made about him. I, I agree with Nate. I think, I think Michael Sam is making himself a distraction. Well, in a sense, yeah, because he did the old uh, Oprah Winfrey thing, thing and which I didn't approve of, mostly because reality television sucks. And that includes hard knocks. Okay, I don't and have I, a problem uh, with Michael Sam getting I a TV deal. I, I think d- it's great. I mean, why not? I, I objected to, fo- uh, why to not? it. Why not? I objected to, to it under purely, the, purely on the basis because reality television sucks. But NFL is reality TV. The, the football, sports in general, is the, the purest form of reality television. I mean, that's why people enjoy watching it so much is because it's supposedly real life acting out. Philosophical on, on this year? Well, I, what I'm saying is, is that it's a natural extension of anybody's NFL career, considering that if he's lucky, he'll play four years in the NFL. Well, what, you know, what Michael Sam did, actually. And then in four years, he'll be needing another line of work. He might as well make hay while the sun shines. Well, listen, so in the speak. NFL, your average career length is, what, three and a half seasons? So, I mean, make hay while the sun shines, as far as I'm concerned. I won't watch it because I hate, you know, as I said, <laughs> reality programming. But obviously, well, no, he he, he dropped it. Let's yeah, be honest. He dropped if, it. Yeah, he dropped it. But if yeah. there was a Michael Sam reality show, you'd be watching the shit out of it. I mean, because his boyfriend <laughs> is hot. If they came out, though, I think they should still come out with all 30 teams in the NFL should have hard knocks. And they should just play regionally. I think it, like, like Colorado, New Mexico, Wyoming would have like the Broncos one. Utah. Colorado in there. Montana. Utah, yeah, but I mean, how cool would that be to see all of your teams getting dissected the way they do it on Hard Knocks? I've and actually never seen a single episode of Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks ever. is Didn't good. the Nuggets do that with the Association, basically? It was the same show? Well, they had the Association, yeah. Yeah. Like that two was times or something? I don't even know what once. that is. Once? I thought they did, it, they did it once is with George, and I thought once after George. No, nope. just the one time. No, huh? just I'd the one wa- time. I'd watch that show if it was actually about the National Rifle Association. <laughs> that one I would watch. You and Russell Ray. It's the second <laughs> Russell Ray. I just to say that probably the most contrived show of the past season of reality TV as it relates to sports 
is JaVale McGee's mom show. That show is terrible. Which is the worst piece of crap I've ever seen in my life. I they did, did have I, one good episode where they showed Jake's patio. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> that was pretty decent. We were there that night. <laughs> Actually, uh, Nate, Andy, and I were there, or, or excuse me, Jake, were there that night. So, uh, Is that why they put, you put those curtains up that are like 15 feet tall to keep the sun out of JaVale McGee's eyes? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think they had it on the patio. They have had the patio, right? Yeah, the yeah. curtains yeah. on the yeah. patio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's huge curtains out there. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. So anyway, yes, that's a, I wrote that article, and it received a myriad of interesting comments. <laughs> well, that's the funny part is yeah. this article, which was about you know your personal experience with Jason Collins mixed in. And, and it was well done because it kind of mingled in this. This Michael Sam thing. I thought he was trying to make everyone gay with that article. Well, that's yeah, but that's like shh. You're reading between the lines. Oh, okay. I'm supposed to tell people that the savvy <laughs> the savvy reader knows what's going on. This damn liberal agenda. It's part of part of the gay agenda. You don't talk about the gay. It's like Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> you just do things that are gay. Yeah, exactly. And it, and people just assimilate. They see how fabulous it is, and they want to be part of that. I did like how you brought Johnny Weir into the article. Yeah, I'd like to see one article where you don't mention Johnny Weir. I think, I think you actually mentioned that he had one of the greatest cores in sports. <laughs> have you seen that boy's core? I mean, it is no, I haven't. amazing. I'm guessing LeBron's is probably not bad. It's better than LeBron's. I am That's telling you. The greatest cores, cores in sports. I didn't say the greatest core. I said one of the. <laughs> Nate's using hyperbole. I don't even know what that means. The guy, the guy works out a lot. The guy works out a lot. Years. Uh, all right, Ross, what else you got? USA Today. Today. Headline. Spurs hire Becky Hammond as assistant coach. Becky Hammond. That was if you're like a, me, I had to Google her today. Did she I grow up here? I bet you spent a lot of time Googling her. Uh, I'll tell you what. She went to CSU, as everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Um, now, uh, she's from North or South Dakota. I don't recall which. But now she is the first uh, full-time female assistant coach in NBA history. And that's only because Lisa Boyer was an assistant with the Ca- Cleveland Cavaliers under, in 2001 under John to Lucas. 2002. Yeah. But uh, she didn't. This, uh, this is Lisa Boyer. She didn't. This is kind of funny to me. She didn't travel to away games and wasn't paid by the Cavaliers. She was paid by the Cleveland Rockers of the WNBA. Ah. And apparently there's a big distinction because my understanding was that the WNBA was paid for by the NBA, (laughs) at least in 2000 and 2001. So I'm not sure what the distinction is there. The only other time assistant I think has been paid out of pocket was, uh, I know George Carl paid for Jamal Mosley's salary out of his own pocket in his first year. That's right. As, as right. A, uh, George only had, uh, I think, 14 assistant coaches at the time. And he needed a 15. <laughs> um, Becky Hammond for the Spurs. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, yeah. This is awesome. By any objective measure. And, and, and I don't think anybody else could pull that off other than Popovich to be yeah. the first. And, um, Popovich. You know, look, basketball is not basketball. I mean, women's basketball is obviously very different from men's basketball. They simply do not have the athleticism. But... Um, I've uh, been around the sport my whole life. I've met a lot of girls that play, a lot of women that play the sport, and uh, they know as much as the guys do. And I think she's going to bring a great perspective. Tell you what, we could probably use her here. We could use a shooting coach. Um, yes, we could. I don't. And uh, I think this is a this is a just this. Is, you know, everyone always picks on me for being an NBA fan for a lot of reasons, but this is why I think the NBA is the best because oh, yeah. the NBA had the first female referee, uh, the first openly gay uh, professional athlete. Yep. Um, you're now the first uh, woman um, 
assistant coach. I believe the NBA had the first ever African-American coach to win a championship when Al Adels won in 1975 with the Warriors. But yeah. I need to double-check that. I think he it was, may have been yeah. the first ever African-American mm-hmm. coach to win a championship. Because they always give that to Tony Dungy, right? Doesn't he get uh, that? Football. For just That's for in the football? NFL. But, he, but Al Adels won one in 1975. And Casey Jones won a couple for the Celtics in the 80s. And then uh, uh, who was the head coach of the uh, – Bullets in the late 70s. That may have been Dick Mata. I think Bernie was his assistant. Uh, but Lenny Wilkins won one in 1979. Lenny Wilkins, yeah, so 1979. The NBA yeah. has a rich history of diversity, yeah. and that's why I think Donald Sterling's comments were so abhorrent to Commissioner Stover, because yeah. they are really anathema to everything the NBA stands for, which has always been a league of inclusion, and I think this is just a great step forward. Well, mm-hmm. apparently the NBA is now an inclusion of American traitors, <laughs> <laughs> i.e. Becky Hammond. American traders who played in 2008 oh, that's right. and 2012 as a Russian naturalized citizen for the <laughs> Ruskies, <laughs> and this is acceptable to everyone. Yeah, it's fine. I find it to be a point. <laughs> well, it makes perfect she was, sense. She was, she's with the Spurs. She's then. a Turco. Yeah, Mr. Popovich. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen a little show called The Americans? Yes. It's yes. about yeah. It's about Russians living in this country, Soviets yes. pretending to be Americans. Well, you know, it was in, that's it's, what Becky Hammond is. I don't I trust saying, her. I don't trust Popovich. <laughs> you know, who's this coach of the Cavaliers? And sticking with uh, he was a Russian coach too. <laughs> What's going He's on? A Jew, yeah. David Blatt, yeah. He's a Jew. The old Russian Psh. Jew. <laughs> Perfect cover. <laughs> stick with uh, stick with Becky Hammond there for a second. Um, American Jew. There was NBA Inside stuff. Did a great feature with her learning from Popovich. They did this whole story about them, and it was almost seen as her because she's worked with San Antonio I think the last two seasons maybe three I don't know but she was kind of working towards being a head coach in some capacity so it was kind of surprising to me when I heard that they hired her because I thought she was going for something else but I love it man that's awesome you know what I did a little research on Mr. Greg Popovich as well and let me tell you something his background is not checking out it's not it's not living up to the Roscoe test of truth because I was reading his Wikipedia page and this thing sounds completely made up. It says his hometown, listen to this, this is ridiculous, East Chicago, Indiana. It's like Santa Claus, Indiana, right? <laughs> Chicago, uh, everybody knows Chicago's in Illinois, not Indiana. Nice try. I could just picture him. Where are you from? East Chicago, Illinois. No, no, Indiana. No, no, East Chicago, Georgia. <laughs> nice try, Popovich. Tell your story walking. Ross, I got to tell you, I got some laughs the other day at breakfast. This uh, girl, I said, I, I detect a little Midwestern accent. And she's like, I get that a lot. I'm actually from here, born and raised. I have some family in Chicago. I was like, say your dad cooks great <laughs> hot dogs on the lake. Does your dad make great hot dogs at the lake? <laughs> I did that a few times. You know, I got in, your, in your research of Popovich, did they mention about uh, how he backstabbed uh, Bob Hill Bob in Hill. 19... Or I should say back then. Sandbag, Bob Hill in 1997. <laughs> David Robinson could have come back with about 20, 25 games 20 to games. play. Yeah. Uh, Bob Hill, because coaches play for wins. They don't play for longevity. So Bob Hill wanted Robinson to come back. He wanted Robinson to play. Popovich fired Bob Hill, stepped yep. in as head coach, wouldn't let Robinson come back, tanked the season. They won 20 games. The Nuggets won 21 because I was actually at a late-season game rooting for the Spurs to beat us in Denver because yep. I wanted them. I wanted us to have less wins than them. And uh, guess who gets Tim Duncan and guess who gets Tony Batiste and uh, who's the genius <laughs> and who's the schmuck, right? So 
People seem to forget that when they talk about Greg Popovich's biography. Oh, no. He's, he's, he completely screwed Bob Hill. I think he was a good <laughs> coach. He was a good coach. He completely. They won he's like the 57. NBA coach they from won. Chicago, Indiana. I'll yeah. tell you that much. They won they, 62 games yeah, 62. in 94, 95. And then they, they won 55 the next game, year. And then yeah. They, yeah. And then they, but I'll tell you this. The, the college football actually did, as I recall, as every person in Colorado would know, did break the gender barrier with uh, a, a Katie kicker. Nida? Now, I'm, I'm going to say something that doesn't she reflect my she, own. Was she the idiot kicker? No, no, no. no, that, no. no that, was, that was Mike Vanderjet. We're talking about I bet you she used to get all Gary Barnett saying, <laughs> I could never forget it, watching that press conference in front of uh, the old uh, practice field where Gary Barnett says, not only was she a kicker, but she was terrible. <laughs> Not only was she a girl, but she was terrible. And then my, my dad turns to me and he says, he's screwed. That, <laughs> and you know what? That was pretty much the end. Yeah, that was it. But also, speaking of terrible women, Violet Palmer recently got married to her longtime girlfriend. Who? Violet Palmer, I think. Official, NBA official. Second NBA female official. I think she was a number two that did that. I, think was she? Was I thought we thought she was the first one. But I think yeah, there was a woman probably before her. One. Yeah. But she, I guess, came out to her other officials back in, like, 2009. And everybody was shocked. Everybody was way way shocked. (laughs) But she uh, is recently getting married, still calling horrible NBA games around the country. She is one of the worst refs of all time. Well, hey. She always seemed to have a bone to pick with the Nuggets, too, with Iverson and Carmelo. I don't know what it is. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. All right, moving on. Oh, by the way, uh, Becky Hammond. I think it's actually awesome. Yeah. USA Today. Today, Missy Franklin is no longer Justin Bieber's biggest fan. Did you guys hear about this? What? So this is big, big news. Is it Manziel? Missy Franklin, uh, she was asked about uh, what she thought about Justin Bieber. And it turns out she's not a big fan of his antics and his behavior Uh-oh. over the last couple years. Oh, yeah, playing sure. the wholesome card, A couple huh? years ago <laughs> when uh, she was winning Olympic golds. She needed Justin Bieber to reach the top. She had but the now fever. that she's on the top, guess who doesn't need Justin Bieber anymore? Wow. She's bigger than the Biebs. Well, I got to <laughs> tell you. I got to tell you. Um, Missy Franklin, I'm proud to hear you say that because uh, you're one of my uh, special, sweet, young Colorado uh, superheroes. And uh, I can't wait for the next Olympics. Where is it? Russia? Sure. Back in Russia? No, I don't think so. Popovich and Becky Hammond? I think it's in Russia. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. God damn I think the it's Russians. out there. Where, where's, all Russians. That, where's all that nuclear waste at out there? In Croatia? Yeah, Chernobyl. <laughs> Chernobyl. Chernobyl. <laughs> I think that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> Croatia. Well, that's, uh, that's where Greg Popovich's mother was supposedly from. <laughs> Croatia. I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> Croatia, Indiana? Yeah, right. <laughs> Mess. <laughs> That's all I got for headline, headlines, guys. Unless you guys want to go back to the headlines I had the last time I was supposed to do this when uh, Nate forgot the equipment again. What do you mean forgot? I got a bunch of Ray Rice headlines. I got a bunch of uh, Stephen A. Smith headlines. These are weeks old. <laughs> yeah. Tell you Those what, though. Old. Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith is the best. I will the never only good forget. part about ESPN. I will never forget watching him and in, in, in getting progressively horrified after when I saw the video of how... He had no. There's a, there's a, there's a. Um, this is obviously referring to Stephen A. Smith re- basically saying women need to not provoke 
getting beaten, essentially. Yeah. And there is a syndrome that, well, like, psychologists will refer to um, where it's in a, an alcoholic relationship where there is that an- cycle of antagonism beating. Antagon- it's just like this dependent, like, sort of thing. But he didn't delineate it as that. He basically said, all women don't need to be provoking no man. And that is where he got in trouble. And rightfully so, because he just basically threw a big giant carpet over the whole situation and said, like, you don't don't need to be sitting up there, you know, provoking no man because he's going to paste you in the face. That sort of thing. He He should have said... Maybe you shouldn't feed a roided up brain damaged superhuman if you run him, run him in cokes and then start mouthing off. <laughs> don't maybe that's what he should have said. Don't mouth. Don't get pasted in the face. <laughs> I did, uh, comedian Bill Burr has a pretty good, or at least I should say, funny domestic violence bit that's actually kind of good, and he tiptoes around some of the points that Stephen A. Smith made, which Bill Burr's made a lot more sense than Stephen A. Smith's because, like Jeff said, he didn't blanket over the whole thing, but. It's pretty ridiculous when you see the NFL's like suspension policy. Two games for a guy that gets in like a domestic violence. Here's my. This is ridiculous. Here's why I don't necessarily think it was a bad punishment. And a lot of people have been saying, "Well, you because get, the NFL likes to promote you, these wackos that like to just beat the shit out of whoever they come well, across." Well, think about it this like, way: Man, okay. you got Ray We're Rice. Yes. Okay, you got Ray right. Rice, and you got his wife, right, or fiance, or girlfriend, girlfriend, at the, time. girlfriend, girlfriend. at the time. Yeah. Okay. Now, Married what happens is she's in an abusive relationship, we think. She gets beat up by her husband. It's this Tom probably Tate. wasn't the first time. Okay, probably not the first time. And now the NFL is being criticized because they didn't suspend Ray Rice more than two games. Because they have a weak domestic now, here's violence the, policy. Okay, but, but here's the thing. Now, by suspending him 16 games or suspending him two games, does that hurt or help the, the, the woman in the situation? I mean, his livelihood is her livelihood. So is the NFL going to say, not only do you get beat up, not only are you in an abusive relationship, but now we're going to also take away your livelihood as well? She makes like three times more he, than him, though. She's he, super famous. He getting suspended. That's made up. Ross, don't they have to do that? They, no, no, they don't or, have to yeah. do that. And in fact, they should just stay out of it because the NFL is not the justice system. And the justice system is required to take its course. This isn't a, uh, something that affects the play on the field. And by the way, are, isn't it also kind of like uh, um, saying to her, like uh, um, saying, you know what, not only are you in this horrible situation, but now we're also going to take away your husband's livelihood. So now you guys can't even pay your bills. I'm just saying. That I, I think they, pay his bills? I, yeah, I'm just looking from the NFL's perspective. I think they feel like they had to do something to, in theory, so the next guy that wants to smack his wife around thinks twice before doing it. But that, because it gives the NFL these continued you know, black eyes, one after another after another, but bad PR. No, no, and so it only they, keeps the, them from smacking their wife around on a closed-circuit television in a casino is all it does. It doesn't keep them from beating the shit out of them in their own homes. I guarantee you that much. Why do I think if you look at the... If you look at, and I, I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass. If you look at... Uh, the percentage of, and I remember historically, the percentage of NFL players that are criminals that get in trouble is actually lower than society's percentages. I just think it gets exacerbated when it's a famous person. Yeah. And I would be curious to know if the percentage of domestic violence, violence in uh, relationships related to NFL players is on par or lower or higher than what we see in a typical society demographic. All I'm saying is that a lot of people were saying that Ray Rice should have been suspended more 
from the point of view is they were saying because I am trying to protect his wife. And that is bullshit. Did you see the Onions headline? Because in truth is, she does need her husband to work. And when guys are suspended, they don't get their salary. So it's like adding insult to injury. Now, there's a lot of things that they should work out or whatever. But all I'm saying is suspending him him doesn't necessarily solve the... (laughs) What do you mean? Are you saying that... In, in certain situations, one partner doesn't work and the other one does. And <laughs> yeah, the guy does make a million dollars a year. Well, you're saying that she's like dependent upon this million-dollar salary or whatever the heck this guy's getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, is, wait, That's is it good. not a good That's point? Good. I mean, are you saying that one of the reasons she's with Ray Rice is maybe not because he makes a million dollars a year? Well, I think that the reason the NFL should have suspended him further is not to protect her but to protect the league from – employing guys that are scumbags but at the same time it's the nfl well, it's the most violent sport well there you go but guess in what america that's the first time i've ever heard that argument yeah. and when you hear all these self-righteous so-called pundits out there talking about how it sends the wrong message to women and all this stuff well f- forget that there was really only one victim in this and that was the wife or the girlfriend. I don't remember what she was, but it was her. Girlfriend. She was the only one who was victimized in this. And then by suspending him, you victimize her again by taking away her livelihood, by pay- taking away her paycheck. So you're saying in the future when an NFL player beats his wife, he should get two game suspension. They should just wire money into her account for the two games that he would have played. <laughs> that, is, that is a great idea. And then I would say suspend him for the year. Right. Forget well, this. So when you get suspended or fined, give the money to the charity. Give the money to the <laughs> woman the who got to beat up. Andy, that's a sensible. <laughs> Thank you. See, that's what I'm here for. Mo- middle of the road, moderate solution. Like you need to set up a uh, separate savings account. We're going to wire some money in. There you go. All right. And also, yeah, she shouldn't great. lip off. I mean, come <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we're gonna leave it at that that's where bill burr tiptoed the line was with the whole you know what what happened how did the guy get provoked to do that did he just well, wasn't it chris rock was like i never hit a woman but i'll shake the shit out of her was that chris rock and then it was george carl that endorsed the commercials of don't, don't shake, shake a baby, don't shake <laughs> <a> baby. <laughs> speaking of shaking babies and george carl uh, if you're <laughs> nice segue, if you're in Denver next Tuesday, come La- down to Jake's Fine Food and Spirits <laughs> for two for Tuesdays. You know, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, how do you not hire George Carl to be your head coach? Because Kobe I mean, Bryant and George hate each other. Do they really? Guys? Is I that true? So. I, they don't oh, ever yeah. have any nice oh, things yeah. to say about each other. I thought other. George would be the right guy. He could handle the pressure of the market. Um, George, say, hey, look, say what you want about George. Say what you want about George. Regular season only. He'll get you ten more wins than you need to have. Then you should have, based on your talent of your roster. Nuggets win 10 more games last year if, if George is head coach. I kind of feel like the ship has sailed for George Carl. No, I think it has. I think that was it. I think this was it. I mean, Brooklyn said no, hell no, and the Lakers said no, hell no. I'm just saying, from an objective basketball perspective, why bring on Byron Scott, a three-time loser, when you can bring on a guy like Coach Carl, who's a multiple-time winner? Um, but you're yeah, right. Clearly, he's uh, the, you know, the irritant factor and the other things that come with George. Um, yeah, NBA teams are saying uncle. Yeah, <laughs> collectively they're saying uncle. And, and uh, you know, it is pretty, it's kind of sad. And I, I, I think they're hiring these Russian. Guys. A lot of it. A lot of yeah. A lot of Russian Israeli Jewish <laughs> Russian guys. <laughs> this is really suspect. Believe me. Perfect cover you know, for a Russian spy. What right. is Israeli American? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what is interesting for George is that Socialist he agenda. can't. Yeah. He probably deserved a shot, but. The NBA is actually kind of moved towards a kind of a GM-dominated league. 
you know, there's the superstar coaches don't exist anymore. I think the, a, oh, I think the NBA collectively put their we talked about this. They collectively put yeah. their hands up and said, "Why am I paying a four to five million dollar a year pain in the ass egomaniac when I can hire a two million dollar yep. year guy? So I lose five more games. Who cares?" And uh, you know, at the end of the day, say what you want about the NBA coaches, and if any coaches listen to this, they're gonna they're gonna jump through the podcast and strangle me. But I think coaching, I think in pretty the much NBA, all the coaches listen to this. I think, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think coaching in the NBA has very little to do with the ultimate success. LeBron James is gonna make David Blatt look like the best coach of the year. Well, that's and, interesting. And look, and look right? at Eric Spolstra. I mean, we, yeah. you know, Eric Spolstra. Give him credit. I mean, he won forty-seven games in the East yep. before LeBron even got there. Yeah, he did. But at the end of the day. The NBA coach's job is really just don't screw it up. Well, and, that, you know what? That was the thing that George Carl said all the time. I remember him say, hearing him saying that of all the sports, coaching in basketball is the least, has the least effect on what actually goes on. I mean, I remember George Carl saying that years ago. You know, he says, listen, I, I, I don't, you know, as, of all the sports, basketball, you know, the coach I mean, is the m- least important Magic part. Johnson got two finals, NBA finals, with three different head coaches. Yep. And, yeah, and, what is and that one time? of them is Paul Westhead. That's right. <laughs> the uh, Benjamin Button of yes. uh, NBA coaching. He started out as a championship coach of the Lakers, and then he became a Loyola Marymount coach, and then he became a Nuggets coach, which is reversed from Loyola Marymount. Yep. And then he became a uh, WNBA coach. So he literally did his career in reverse. <laughs> he started out as the championship coach of the Lakers and went backwards. I think he actually just got an assistant job. I don't know where, but... but no, Paul so Westfall just... did, not Westhead. Oh, Westfall. Westfall. Mm-hmm. And I forget which team. I he was an equally right. bad coach, by the way. He got to an NBA Finals, Yeah, he though. did, but, man, you remember his Seattle teams? Oh, my no, but God. he was the... Co- okay, there, there you go. He was the coach for Barkley's Sons. Which, one's, they, no, which one's no longer employed? Westhead. 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 Oh, yeah, he killed some people the other remember, day. Remember, <laughs> he's in jail. Remember Mike, <laughs> remember Mike D'Antoni, seven seconds are left? Paul West had invented the two seconds or left offense. It was oh really, God. <laughs> it was a remarkable. The most embarrassing game I ever watched was when they played Phoenix, and they gave up 106 points at by halftime. halftime. And and I've begun I, the Andy Feinstein Jeff Morton. I'm leaving soon. You can go back to you can go back to more glorious topics like wife beatings and Russian spies. Um, <laughs> But while Jeff in here, we have to geek out. Yeah, we get to. We, we, it only doesn't happen very often. Right, we should, we should call this podcast when I'm on it the Nuggets Geek Out. Yes, exactly. Right, let's sell an old argument. The 1968 season. How good was it? I need Thirsty here. Where's Thirsty? I was going to say, yeah, we need Thirsty here or... Uh, or your, or um, Jeff's son? The Nuggets curmudgeon Jeff's, himself. Jeff's illegitimate son? Bring him out. Uh. I don't know how we got on this topic, but what's remarkable, <laughs> what's remarkable though, about, the, about the back to the George Carl Mitch Kupchak thing, I, I listened to Colin Coward. I thought he had a great point about the Lakers. He said, you know, their brand equity is so powerful that if any team can overtly bottom out for just a couple of years to rebuild, they can. They're not, their fans aren't leaving them. Now, if they go five years, six years of darkness, maybe. But they, if they, they could go two, three years of darkness like the Sixers are doing, and the Lakers are stubbornly thinking that they can somehow be competitive with a, a very broken Kobe Bryant and a borderline in the grave Steve Nash. Well, basically, be- we're talking about, we're looking at the Lakers now. They're the 90s Lakers, the mid-90s. We're talking about, you know, when they were the led Randy by... Randy Fundiers. Randy Fundiers were laid by Sedale Threat, you know. <laughs> and, and Anthony Peeler. And Anthony yes, Peeler, yeah. Anthony so Peeler used to kill the Nuggets. I, remember that guy. <laughs> I was talking to a guy in Vegas, and we were talking about the Lakers situation, and he goes... You know, back in the day, it was Byron Scott who was one of the Showtime Lakers, one of the star players, and it was Mitch Kupchak who was the end of the bench, just a guy. 
Goes, White stiff. He goes, I, I, I don't know now if, if Mitch is trying to get a little revenge by stringing <laughs> Byron along or not. And then Byron just gets hired, you know, recently. So they, they, they strung him along for almost like two months. Byron Scott there. is also another reverse guy because he went from the Nets where he went to two straight finals. Then he went to the, uh, the uh, Hornets, New Orleans Hornets, and they went to a semifinals. With uh, Chris Paul. Almost a conference finals. They were up 3-2 going into New Orleans, and the Spurs beat them in game six. And then they lost by 63 points to the Nuggets <laughs> in the playoffs. Um, I remember that. <laughs> doesn't want to talk about was, that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ross. And then he goes to, what, Cleveland from there? Disaster. And, and yeah. it was awful. Wasn't it Jason Kidd or somebody that said that Byron Scott cared more about his tea time than he did any details? It was either him. Yeah, yeah and then it, that came out a couple times. Yeah. Um, Oh well, oh, well. That's now he's a head coach of the your Los Angeles Lakers, and uh, Andy's turncoat brother will be rooting on Byron Scott. My <laughs> turncoat brother. Are you sure he'll be rooting on Byron Scott? I think they all liked the Jake. Dyer, so we're talking about Jake. Oh no, yeah, yeah. No, Jake's here. He's sitting with us. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. It's it's one of those things that I, I as far as as George goes, it's just I think. Unfortunately, I think once the Nuggets fired him, I think in the back of his mind he knew that it was it. And then it's just been a slow kind of realization that he's not going to get that job unless it's a ready-made team. And I don't see any ready-made teams firing their coach anytime soon. Not right now. And I thought maybe Brooklyn would have an interest, but they went with Lionel Hollins, who is, I think, a lot like George in a lot of ways. Like, Strong-minded, loves the old-school game, doesn't think he needs to teach guys how to be pros. You know, I don't know, but I kind of want to get Andy since you're here. Like your take on what's happened this NBA offseason with like LeBron. What do you think of the Eastern Conference? What do you think of the Washington Wizards? Paul Pierce, some of these guys that are yeah, they know. got Paul Pierce, but they they retained Randy Whitman. <laughs> And got rid of... So uh, they canceled out any good moves. Trevor is... Um, <laughs> broad, broad strokes. Broad strokes. Um, uh, what's happening in the Eastern Conference, I think, is a huge positive. Uh, I think that LeBron... Look, we're all, we as basketball fans are fortunate that LeBron happens to be from Northeast Ohio. Because otherwise, he doesn't go back there, clearly. He'd be a Laker right now. But I think it's great that uh, he's staying in the East. I thought it was great that the Heat basically said, we're going to be competitive. We're not going to blow this thing up. LeBron can do whatever the hell he wants. I'm a little worried about Kevin Love coming over. I think it's a positive for a balance between the East and the West. My only concern is I think it builds a super team in Cleveland. And is the, that trade official yet? Or no, but it, we all know it's coming. Yeah, Kevin it's Love coming. is going. We Cleveland? all know it's coming, and and yeah. I'd probably make that trade. But my concern is Kevin that they're gonna, Kevin loves the Denver articles. I was reading on Denver Sports yeah. like a month ago. But Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, LeBron James guarantees them three straight, five straight finals, and I just yeah, here we go. Does again. it though? I think so. And it, and it, yeah. who's going to beat him? I mean, are the Bulls going to beat him? Yeah, and the Bulls aren't good enough. Even with Power Gasol, but they're I mean, not good Kyrie enough. Kyrie Irving's yeah. never been to a playoff game. Neither has Kevin Love. Like that's the interesting part to me is it would have been more interesting. It would have been more interesting if LeBron kept that team right now and tried to take them to the next level versus getting Kevin Love. I agree, I agree. But my point though is from a macro standpoint, I think there's some yeah. there's some balance being restored, which is good. I think that Washington will be better because they're going to have some confidence. I love the fact that uh, Jabari Parker, Joel Embiid. Went east. Uh, obviously, Wiggins is now going west, in theory, for Kevin Love. But for, as a general statement, I think it's good. The east is going to be more competitive. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, the Nuggets would probably be the, what, fourth best team, in, especially with Paul George now yeah. going down. Nuggets oh, probably yeah. be the third best team in the East right now, wouldn't they? Yeah. Cleveland, Chicago, Denver. Well, yeah, and let's talk about <laughs> that horrific injury Paul George suffered, which was Kevin Ware from Louisville. Louisville, yeah, don't, don't play. Louisville. A, don't play on the same court that Mike Krzyzewski's coaching. That's the lesson. Uh, apparently, so we have so to root yeah. for Fareed not to be on this yeah. World Cup team. Basically, that was fluky. But did what you, I, what Jeff, what I don't like is uh, the basketball stanchion. <clears throat> it was apparently two feet out or two yeah. feet too close, and um, I just, it's just heartbreaking watching that injury. It's just horrible. Did it you was, see? Did you see the? Do you know about the injury? Yeah. To I know all about it. Terrific. What do you mean? Why are you asking me that? Why are you asking me that? I don't even know about the stanchion. Indiana. <laughs> I pronounced it stanchion. I, 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 I mispronounced Indiana, it. But. Indiana, uh, not just losing Paul George, but losing Lance Stevenson. And I think that the Hornets are going to be decent uh, getting Lance Stevenson. Oh, yeah, they got the, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, yeah, be yeah, that's right. So the East is going to have a 10-team fo- – well, sorry, Cavs number one, Bulls number two. They're going to have a fight among like seven or eight teams for six spots, which will be cool. Do you think the Heat are going to be up there? Like yeah, top five? Uh, no, no, I think they could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I think the Heat will be good. I th- I, one good thing is that Dwayne Wade's losing weight. He's, he's losing a lot of weight, which is what he's been needed to do so is LeBron. for years They now. say LeBron is yeah, uh, down five to ten pounds or something yeah, like he, that. Yeah, there's this picture of him on Instagram. He has a – and his, his weight, you could tell in his face, is more gaunt now. It's it's pretty an amazing it's an amazing transformation. That's the best uh, thing about summer is all the weight loss stories you hear. It's like a Jimmy well, Craig commercial. Well, you know, it's apparently Gallo's lost a lot. Of I need to put too, Nate. So. I want to put Nate on the spot because he's a good friend who I haven't seen for a long time. Uh, the Nuggets in the playoffs or not with this roster with the West as is, assuming Kevin Love goes East. I think so. I think they got thirty six wins with basically a JV squad. If they stay healthy, yeah, I think that they're probably a six to eight seed. And who comes out? And who do they replace? Who were the six to eight seeds last year? Memphis, uh, uh, Golden State. Were they six or five? But you're looking at Memphis, Dallas. You're looking at Memphis, Dallas, and Portland. I think Dallas is in a little bit of danger, even though people like what they did this offseason. I don't think they did that great. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Whoever, however, it balances out. I'd I say Memphis. I think Phoenix. Phoenix is probably set for a, a little bit of a disappointing season. I think they did very well last year, but I think the league will kind of catch up to that. Oh, they're going to come back this year. So is Portland. I think they'll come but, back to earth a little bit. Portland, I don't know. I, I think Portland's all right. Portland, but you know, this is the thing. Portland had another offense that... I don't like what Houston did either. There was, you know... <laughs> Houston had the worst offseason. Fuck Houston. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the West actually came... The West actually got a little more... You and I were talking about parody via email... A little more parity, I think you're going to see in the West, with the exception of the Spurs. I think the Spurs are still cream of the crop, but I don't know. Did Thunder do anything to improve themselves? Thunder had a bad offseason. Thunder they, 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 uh, Anthony Morrow. Anthony Morrow was their big offseason. Other than off-season. Kevin Durant flirting with Washington, I mean. Yeah. Oh, he's gone. I think he's I, I, gone. I have no doubt in my mind he's gone. I, to Washington? Yeah. But they got Anthony that Morrow, is, and they and added, like, Mitch McGarry. You yeah. know, what's that going to do? Yeah. Nothing. You know, it, it, as soon as the Thunder traded James Harden, that was it. I think that was the. I agree. That was a signal to him that they don't they they, they value money over winning championships. Washington would be it. the place too because John Wall's like a almost pretty close to a pass first guy. He has to be asked to score. You got Bradley Beal. I love Bradley Beal. I mean, they have, they have no they, they have no small forward. It's but in the NBA, what I've been told from you know who guys we talk to, very smart guys who work in that sport. Um, if you're in, even Miami has has really taken it a loss. 
to put this team together. But that was what Mickey Arison, the owner, was willing to do. But I think that you're right. Oklahoma City wasn't willing to do that. And I think that you have to, especially if you're in a small market. It's one thing if you're L.A. There's only, there's only maybe five markets where you could have your big three and still make money, which I think yeah. the Celtics actually did. You know, they're not a top five market, but they're a top ten market. Um, the Thunder, just if you're the Thunder, if you're the Spurs, if you're the Nuggets, if you're the Bucks, you know, you've got to be willing to pay that tax and eat it if you want to win a championship. You've got to do at least be willing to go in it for a year. So here's, my, arg- like so here's my argument for that. You know, and, and I give the Cronkies credit. You know, they had that opportunity to, in theory, load up with high-priced athletes. Obviously, it didn't work out with Iverson and Mello and Kmart and, uh, and Camby and the whole deal, but, but at least they paid into it. And I would hope that the Nuggets were actually profitable. They were actually the eighth most profitable team in the NBA last year. Yep. And I'm hoping that those years of profits, that gets saved in like a kitty somewhere, so that <laughs> when the day comes and you've got to pay a little bit of tax, you say, you know what? We were profitable for seven years, but we built the program, and we're going to lose money for five years as we take a little run here. And I'm hoping that's what these teams do. And I, do, I don't do. know why Oklahoma City didn't think that way, big picture. Well, it's, I think the, the, the tragic thing is that they didn't capitalize on their finals run in 2012. Your window in the NBA is so short. You have to capitalize it on it right there. And it was like they got to the brink and then just pulled it completely back. But that's why Durant's going to leave is because yep. he saw that his ownership didn't give a fuck about winning the title. Yep. You know? I mean, that was, that's the whole thing. Can you curse on this kind of podcast? <laughs> we can. Yeah, uh, you dropped one earlier. I did? <laughs> we prefer not. But I mean, Family show. Ross, are your kids listening to this? Shit, yeah. He hopes so, anyway. But I mean, I, <laughs> She's I think. only two months old. I know. I but right now, though, I mean, yeah. Who's, I'll who's play it? it. We got a sound machine. I'm just going to plug in CSG instead of the waves or white noise. <laughs> that might make her dumber. <laughs> you know how you're supposed to like, play Mozart when they're little and they get smarter? This is you the, play the CSG, they're going to get objectively dumber. It's not, instead of baby Einstein, it's right. like baby Mike Tyson or something. Right. <laughs> Kid grows up to be a championship <laughs> slugger. <I'll take> <laughs> She's the next Layla Ali. It works. But, I mean, I think right now, I mean, obviously the Spurs are probably being handed the title next year, right? I mean, who's a clear-cut favorite? San Antonio. Has San, Antonio yeah. San Antonio, Cleveland. But isn't yeah. this the closest that we've been for a long time with parity around the league with LeBron I so. moving? I, I think, think so. so. I th- I, and listen, we'd say parity, quote-unquote. I mean, the NFL, any team can win at any time. A 7-9 to nine team can win the Super Bowl. You, you just can't. football now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's on right now. Let's talk about money ball. But the 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 conditions in the NFL just can't be duplicated in the NBA. So you're you can't get true, you know, everyone holds hands and skips through the flowers parody in the NBA that you can in the NFL. It's just like, not possible. You probably have like eight to ten teams that could win the title next year. Yeah, and more. You need more than if just that. two or three, and this is the way it's been. And they've kind of dispersed it out to where. You have a bigger selection of teams that are able to do it, and I, th- I think I think at least compete. I don't know about win, but compete. Remember what we've talked about over and over and over again, and this will be my final salvo because I got to sneak out. But it all comes down to the possessions in your sport. Soccer has so few scoring possessions that I don't care who the better team is. Look at the U.S. They got decim- they got dominated by Belgium, and yet they were still in a position to win that game yeah. on some fluky goals. That's right. Uh, hockey, fluky sport. Fluky sport. You know, you're, you're, when your score is 3-2 or 2-1, it's a fluky sport. Same with baseball. Uh, basketball has so many possessions and so many games in a playoff series and so many games in the regular season that the cream is going to rise to the top if both teams are equal. You don't get flukes in basketball. It doesn't happen. Football is the perfect amount of possessions. Yep. 
and that gives you a chance to kind of come back. But at the end of the day, it is one game. I mean, look, the, if the Broncos and the Seahawks played 40 times, do the Seahawks win 39 of them? No. It's probably 22 to 18 or something like yeah. that. Then why does the NBA feel the need to exasperate that parity by – or lack of parity by giving certain players – Liberties than other players not like they could have the perfect sport if they just called it square. What do you mean though? How would you do that? What what do you mean by special privileges? Well, I would say just calling the rules as they are meant to be. You mean refereeing? Yeah, refereeing as opposed to calling it differently based on which player it is. I mean, there's no question that certain players get different calls. They get superstar treatment. I've always said the to your point. I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you. They call the player and not the play in the NBA. Right. But I think it's human nature. I think the referees are starstruck, and I think Benefit it's human nature. Doubt. And when Kobe yeah. Bryant's on, I mean, if you listen to, like, retired referees talk, to, God, I love refereeing Michael Jordan. It was so much fun to watch. Like, no, you're supposed to referee him, not watch him. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was his name, Donaghy? Tim Donaghy. I mean, he yeah. says there's, there's bones to pick. There's, sure. There's, uh, oh, yeah, he was on with us last year, and he was saying, like, Referees are influenced calls. by there's yeah. revenge calls. Influenced by personal. Vendettas. And talk to George Carl sometime about that, and talk to other coaches. But they are convinced. <laughs> but coaches tend to be a little paranoid. But they are convinced. They are yeah. utterly convinced. And I'm not picking on George. And NBA coaches are utterly convinced that the refs, the fix is in. And what they could do is they could stop having career referees. I mean, they could bring in new referees every single year, have a game that's better officiated. Um, I guarantee that the U.S. has taken away Dick Bavetta's driver's license, <laughs> but he's still ready. Well, he just I, Ross. No, he just retired. Ross, I had a different well, take. God, it's finally. I, time. I had a different take on refs a few years ago, and I don't want Jeff to get offended. Um, <laughs> they're too short. <laughs> Haywood Workman. I thought you were going to say they were too gay, and I was like, Haywood well, Workman. Haywood, Haywood Workman. <laughs> Haywood Workman. Leon Wood. Danny Young. Three former NBA players that are now referees. That's exactly who should be refereeing. You, get, you need guys that are tall enough to see what the hell's going on and guys who played the game but so I they know how to call it. I think those little having a five underneath, you could. Having, you having, little, having little, Ron, little Ronnie, you know, little Caesar Garretson out there, all <laughs> five foot four of him, you know, calling a cylinder play. What the hell does he know about what, if the ball's over the cylinder or not? He wasn't think, on a ladder. I think you need a good mix. I think you need tall guys <laughs> and really short guys to see those little <laughs> slap fouls and reach anyway, I got to jump. Okay. I love you guys. Sorry to jump. Thanks for having me on. Sorry to be rude and jump out. Always there, a pleasure. You. Ladies and Thanks, gentlemen, Andy. Jake Feinstein. Jake Feinstein. <laughs> no, you're good. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for the uh, food and beer. There he goes. Jake's Jake Feinstein. Jake has left the building. In like a lion, out like a lamb. Tell you what. Well, hey, it's probably about time for us to wrap it up here, isn't it? Well, did you, we want to talk about a little, do you want to talk a little uh, Broncos before we wrap it up? Um, Fuck the Broncos. Talking about Monty Ball having his appendix he, burst. Here's, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say about. He'll be ready week one. I love watching the Broncos. I love football. But this is the most absurd time to be a fan because there is literally nothing to talk about. Nothing. What do you Monty mean? There's position out. battles all over the place. It's not interesting to position me. Position battles. And I, and I don't like, but the offense like was the, ahead of the defense and I don't at the scrimmage like that they played. Football. I don't even want to call it anything. I mean, to think of a preseason schedule, the exhibition schedule in the NFL is as is as a quarter, a quarter of you know, it's four games. They shouldn't yeah, even it's have fantasy. Season, that's a it's twenty five percent. They shouldn't even have fantasy drafts until week three. Ugh. We should go week three to week twelve. This period. this is the time where I'm most most 
aggravated as a football fan because I don't care about anything. I just want to watch real football. I don't want to watch the Hall of Fame game. I heard that was a good game. Jets, what, Giants. What do you mean? Yeah, you did? Some guy actually told Bills? me that. He goes, I think it was the Bills. Giants, Bills. Bills. Giants, Bills. Well, yeah. I'll tell you two stories on that. One guy told me that it was a pretty good, tightly contested, competitive game. Then I also had two friends debating via group text message a $1,000 bet on that game. I was like, it's preseason, boys. These idiots. $1,000 bet on that game? These guys got game. And, and the people, bro. and the, by the way, and the people that are like really into preseason football, <laughs> kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just named my son. His name's Eli Manning. <laughs> Gamanthium. It's his name. He's got to live with this for the rest of his life. His pod really died after Jake left. (laughs) You know, it's interesting how... Yeah, let's bring it back to the NBA. So the Nuggets. Yeah, it's interesting how it evolves and... I hear Ed Woodchuck or whatever that guy's name is. There is one thing, interesting thing with the Broncos (laughs) is that they, they, they have no punt returner. Remember oh, they, they, got, let, they just signed Ed Woodchuck. He's great. Ed, Ed Woodchuck. They let. Uh, Wait, are you seriously talking about the the punt returner? They let Trendon Holiday go. The the midget. That's that's the one interesting thing about the Broncos. He went to the New no York punt I'm, I'm really really searching for something. Okay, I hope you were joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just sorry, like, sorry. And they have. Uh, it was so serious five minutes ago. Wes, we were talking about basketball. Wes, uh, you tell me we're switching back to funny. Wes words. Big Helmet Welker is now the first punt. <laughs> Return. He can't return punts. I know. You know what would piss me off His if head's I was a like, mess. if I was like Demarius <laughs> Sanders Thomas. returns punts, right? I saw Wes Welker in no. a Phil Long Ford no. commercial the other day. How Phil Long's still around? Yeah, apparently. Hey, congrats, Phil. How pissed off I would be podcast, if I was bastard. like Wesley Woodyard or something. It's like, man, all I got was the Colorado quit line. <laughs> if <I could laughs> Wes Welker gets Phil Long Ford, <laughs> I'd be pissed. Some of the bitches only been here for one year. <laughs> I remember years ago. In my crib. Where's Woodyard now? Where'd he go? I don't know. Uh, Titans? Titans. Yeah. Probably the Titans. Oh, I was going to say the Patriots. Yeah. You know, actually, Sacking it's, it's funny. I, I remember after Dan Reeves Titan. was fired, he. I was had still a heart seeing, attack, didn't he? Yeah. Wesley hey, Woodyard had a heart still, attack? No, no, Dan Reeves. I, I still remember seeing Ed Bozarth like commercials. With Dan Reeves on it, long after he was fired in Denver, it's like that that promotional crap, you know, lasts for a long time out here. Yeah, you can't can call it crap. Explain to me cool. why there's still a Shanahan's restaurant in Denver. Because we should li- burn that. He, place runs it, he still lives out here. I know he still lives here. That's because it's nice. But why is there a successful restaurant still? Speaking of oh, successful restaurants, yeah. let's burn that place to the ground, boys. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a couple of gallons of unleaded fuel. We'll throw it throughout the well, place. Well, you know, uh, not to cast aspersions on our good friend Les Shapiro, but he once ditched our podcast to have a a, a, um, a dinner with Mike Shanahan at Shanahan's. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, it wasn't at Wade Phillips' wing joint? <laughs> Wade Phillips' wing joint, where the prices don't make sense. <laughs> That's Denver's best hot wing joint is Wade Phillips' wing joint. Wade Phillips, the best defense is a good defense. <laughs> <laughs> Offense, I'll put Tommy Maddox and old uh, Charlie What's-His-Face in there. <laughs> Charlie What's-His-Face. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. good. Yeah, he's out. He's gone. Yeah, he left. Do you guys remember that when uh, Wade Phillips was rotating quarterbacks that no. one year, every other play? That was no. That was when Reeves was still here. Was it still uh, Reeves? Yeah, it was Reeves last year because they, they had Tommy Maddox and Sean Moore. Yeah, and Sean Moore. The I had Tommy Maddox and Sean Moore. And both were terrible. And what, are you guys saying he just should have stuck with Tommy Maddox 100%? Shani. I mean, Tommy proved that after he came back to the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's true. 
Got two touchdowns all over the place. I don't know how you. That's an undeniable assertion fact right there. Why did this suddenly become the New York hour? Hey, talking about football. That sounded like a Pittsburgh it's not, a, it's not no in way it resembles a Pittsburgh accent. Are you serious? Because I'm a blue-collar worker, and that's what I do. I'm a steel mill guy. Through and through. Steel mills for life. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, get up. Black See, and this yellow, is, baby. This is what happens when we talk. try to talk about preseason football. You know, we uh, last year. I so believe what happens when you guys try and talk about anything other than basketball? Anything Speaking that, of basketball, NBA history. We we actually uh, did talk last podcast about the Rockies. Oh yeah, we got we dove deep oh, into Dick Monfort. I didn't even listen to that. By who's, the way, what's up with why do people think Dick Monfort like like? There's two things going on in this city. All right, everybody hates the Monforts and everybody hates Drew Soitcher. Okay, first of all, Drew Drew Soitcher is a uh, saint. A saint. I love Drew Switcher. He's big, I don't know why. big time popular among housewives. And please, everybody loves and Drew Switcher. But then the other thing is, why does everybody hate the Monforts? Like they act like they've done no, made no effort. Well, they did buy a puppy sanctuary and immediately murdered all puppies. <laughs> <laughs> that was on Channel Twenty. The, the worst part was they bought a sanctuary I, and just didn't buy it just for like a pound. I did not. <laughs> I'm These sorry. were rescued puppies. You don't get you don't <laughs> get Channel Twenty. I DVR'd it. I did not know From that. One of my house. We'll watch it sometime. Yeah, Channel Twenty. That's cry where, your is eyes that out. the Nine News one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chan- Channel Twenty shows Nine News when the Today Show's on. Yeah, it was called Pound yeah. Puppies, and they just basically. I watch that every puppies? morning. Pound I'm puppies? particularly fond of Corey Rose. Oh, yeah, used to and, have uh, Bella de Leon. I don't know if you know who I these used to have young a pound nice puppy. ladies are, but it was uh, a mess, boys. It was a mess. I, I didn't a, know about the puppy thing. I had a pound puppy I when corrected. I was a kid. A pound puppy. You know, remember those things? I had a butter dish that once after it was done with butter turned into a cup. Pound puppies. And then the puppies washed off in the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Ross has checked out. Ross is done. <laughs> All right, guys. We think we're done with this podcast. I don't know what happened. <laughs> this is better than the last time. Yeah. Well, we're done with this one. Join us next week when we dissect the 1983-84 Denver Nuggets. Nice. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Abrupt ending to another beautiful podcast.